Hi, welcome to Getting It Together. I'm your host, Erin Heidelberger, the OG Git Mom. What is Git Mom? It's a philosophy, a way of life, and a national movement, if I do say so myself, that's helping moms everywhere get it together. G-I-T. Get it? I'm a certified parent coach and the founder of Get Mom. I empower moms to feel in control in this totally out of control experience we call motherhood. I want to welcome you to a whole new way of thinking about parenting. The secret formula to creating a happy family is, wait for it, to put yourself front and center. Get Mom is the only coaching company in the country focusing on mom's happiness rather than her kids. I give moms simple one, two, three steps to parent more effectively and efficiently. The end goal is always to carve out happy mommy time for you because happy, confident, independent moms raise well-adjusted, self-assured, and happy children. Every podcast, I'll be inviting my guests to talk about how they get off Mommy Island, how they put the me in mommy, and what they do to get it together. My dream for this podcast is to be the answer to your parenting woes. So let's get into it. Our guest today is Heather Zimmerman, wife of Mr. National himself, Ryan Zimmerman, first baseman for the Washington Nationals and winner of the 2019 World Series. Heather and Ryan have two adorable little girls and have a baby boy on the way. She's a busy baseball wife, mom, and philanthropist who joins us today to share with us how she navigates the ups and downs of parenting and how she takes care of herself because if you are a get mom, you know that is the most important thing to do. Heather, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here today. Hi, thank you. I am so excited to be speaking with you. All right, let's get into it. So tell us about your family. How long have you and your husband, Ryan, been together? And did you always dream of having a big family? Yeah, so Ryan, Ryan's story and mine are, is, uh, is kind of fun. And we actually met, we're the same age, but he was drafted after his junior year of college. So he was basically in the D.C. area for a year before I was back up here after college. And when I came back up here, he was already somewhat well-established. He'd been playing baseball for almost a, a year and was somewhat well-known as the new young face of this team that had just come to D.C. Um, we became friends. We just ran in the same circles. He went to University of Virginia. I went to Radford University in southwestern Virginia. And I feel like a lot of, of our friends who all went to Virginia schools kind of hung out together. So we were friends for a long time really didn't have any interest in dating one another. <laughs> um, we were <laughs> Not love at first sight. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can tell you, I personally, the, the whole idea of dating an athlete was not appealing to me just because <laughs> of the whole stigma behind it. You just, you don't know what they're doing when they're on the road and it's just a kind of crazy lifestyle. I understand. So anyway, we were just friends, but in 2010, after we'd known each other for about four years, we just, found ourselves both single at the same time, kind of started hanging out more often, and it turned into a relationship. So 
He proposed in April of 2012. And then we actually got married January 2013, and we've been married since then. Amazing. Yeah. And what about the big family? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys always plan to have a big family? Yeah. So yes and no, I guess. He he and I both come from just a family of four. We each had one younger sibling. That's fascinating. Wow. You guys are both family of four. Wow. Yeah. I think he has a younger brother. I have a younger sister. So we definitely came from like opposite sides of, you know, understanding when it came to uh, gender. But um, (laughs) we definitely knew that we wanted at least two kids. And then we had our two girls and he was kind of content. I felt like I, I, I thought three would be just add some interest to the family. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I think ultimately (laughs) it came down to to my decision. I love Um, it. But you know, it's one of those things before you have kids, of course, every guy I feel like kind of wants that, that boy. And then once you have the kids, you realize that gender really doesn't matter. They can all do the same thing. Say little girls absolutely worship their dads. And he kind of felt like we were, we were complete, but here we are, right? <laughs> yeah, here we are. Ta-da. My oldest is, uh, is she turned six in November. So I was like, all right, you know, now's the time to decide. Cause I don't want them to be, have a huge age gap if we do have another one. So yep, here we are. Here we are We're having a boy like- either end of May, early June. And then I know our family will be complete. Cause I don't, I don't think we could keep up with our lifestyle with more than three kids. <laughs> well, you know what? It's really smart that you recognize that. And I also love what you mentioned about how gender does not matter. It truly does not across so many parts of our life. So, so smart that you mentioned that. So I know you're having baby boy, baby boy Zimmerman is coming. (laughs) So what kind of prego are you? Are you glowing? Are you an insomniac? Are you feeling sexy? Are you crabby? What's going on with you? You know, I would say with this third pregnancy, I already know what to expect, which is helping a lot. I wouldn't say glowing necessarily because <laughs> I, it would be hard for me to feel glowing when I when I've got this belly in front of me. But um, I would say I'm 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 positive and content. Ooh. Our, again, like our lives are so busy, and uh, and then we already have two kids that I really haven't had time to even think about the fact that I'm pregnant. Other than obviously my pants don't fit anymore. Right. But I hear that a lot. You're you're so distracted. You can't focus on it, which is like, it's kind of a good thing when your pants can't fit. You're like, you know what? That's okay. I think it's survival. Yeah. Right. Good point. All right. Well, glad to know. Right. I wasn't the only one whose pants didn't fit. I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, know. You, you just you throw on like the big T-shirt in your closet and it's not big anymore. <laughs> I would say that I feel pretty good. And we're all of a sudden realizing that we're almost three months out from having this baby and we kind of have to actually you got to get it together coming along yeah well I gained 60 pounds I gained 60 pounds during each of my pregnancies and you know you're in this uber fit world surrounded by strong people how important is body confidence to you especially as you are in the public eye so I would say that I almost see the the fit people around me as as motivation for sure. Mm-hmm. I actually grew up not playing sports and me neither. I just was never a super active person. But 
seeing my husband work out and obviously some of the other wives, you know, have sort of a workout routine. I mean, I think it's, it's motivating, but I don't let it get too crazy. I don't let it get to my head too much. It is what it is. And especially when you're pregnant, you got to just listen to your body, you know? Yes. So I've been actually more active this pregnancy than I have my last two pregnancies, just because I kind of know the repercussions of <laughs> sitting on the couch for nine or 10 months. And the then flat mom butt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then having to fight back after that baby comes back, uh, comes out. But I work out like three times a week, but it just, my workouts just sort of depend on how I'm feeling. So I don't, I don't let it get to me too much. I mean, being in the public eye, yeah, I picture sometimes that you wish you wish maybe your arms looked a little better or something, but it is what it is. We're all we're all human and you know, our husbands are these are normal people that just have to happen to have some abnormal jobs where they get to work out a little more than others. Oh, I love I love that thought process because it's true. You can right, you can't <laughs> compare yourself to these super athletes. It's not not even on the same playing field, so to say. Did you have a revelation or a breaking point after having your second child when you thought to yourself, oh my God, the honeymoon is over with this baby, my kids, my life. It's so hard to love on everyone. I'm exhausted. I feel like crap. I look like crap. I seriously have to get it together. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like that second kid comes along and you realize that you don't have the freedom that you had with the first one of when they napped, you had some free time to nap or get something done or spend some time with your significant other. The second kid rolls around and yeah, you're exactly right. You don't, you just, you don't have the time to keep up with everything. It feels like you're constantly just running a race to try and live your daily life. But I think that I, I know that I mentally said to myself after my second kid that if I ever did want to have a third, I wanted to make sure that I had sort of everything else at least under control before I got pregnant again. So I wanted to be working out regularly. I wanted to be feeling good. I wanted to be having the time to myself. And, uh, you know, it took me, I mean, my younger daughter will be four when this baby's born. So mm-hmm. it took me that long to sort of come around to the fact that where I felt in control enough again to maybe introduce another child into the family. Oh, I really appreciate you being so honest about that. And like, great job being kind to yourself and taking your time and realizing, you know what, I want to set the family up for success with this third baby. And it's up to me to regain control over my life. And once I'm under control, then we can have this new addition to our family and be super calm and zen. And like, good job. I'm like so proud of you. And there's no race. You know, I I work with a lot of families. They're like, you know, we want to have all our kids out of diapers at the same time. We want to have them all in close in age. And I just say, you know what, just take your time. And I think it's different for everyone, too. I mean, I think some people maybe do handle it better, just getting it out of the way all at once and knowing that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Um, But it's, it's just how everyone processes it. So I love your honesty. Sadly, we have an uncomfortable question coming up next. And I understand your dog, Miley, passed away. I'm so sorry. I just read your post on Twitter and I was like, oh, this is just, it's just sad. And grief is a tricky, it's tricky, uncomfortable topic anytime. 
and especially when you have children. So how did you and Ryan navigate this news to the girls? Yeah, it was a, it was, I wouldn't say it was sudden. Our, our, uh, our bulldog, who was sort of our first child, she was almost 12 mm-hmm. years old. Um, mm-hmm. And she hadn't been doing well for probably the last six months. And 12 is actually pretty old for a bulldog. Their life expectancy is eight to 10 years. So she was, she was an old lady, but mm-hmm. it, the, the passing happened a little more suddenly than we expected. And it was, it's obviously, it's always sad to lose a pet. We're happy that she lived such a wonderful life. But in the back of our minds, when we were at the vet that day, we were trying to figure out how we were going to give this information to our girls, because we knew that our, our currently three-year-old wouldn't fully understand it other than knowing that Miley wasn't here anymore, that she didn't see mm-hmm. her in the house. Mm-hmm. However, our six-year-old, she's a very empathetic child. She's, she understands sort of the basics of, of death. And, um, you know, we decided we, we don't like to, we don't want to lie to our children. We don't want to mislead them, but we also feel like they're so young that they don't need to know everything. So, you know, we sort of presented it to her in the way that Miley wasn't coming back. She'd gone to dog heaven. We actually were, I guess, fortunate is not the best term to use, but her good little friends in her kindergarten class had also lost her dog recently. So we were fortunate in that she had someone that she could sort of commiserate with. And she comes home from school now and says that she and this other little girl in her class talk about how their dogs are playing together in dog heaven, which is really sweet. And I I think that when it comes to kids this young, it's just a matter of, helping them understand to the extent that they're, um, they're, they're comfortable with it. You know, that, I mean, she was sad, she cried, but, but she understood that, you know, we presented it to her that Miley was no longer uncomfortable or unhappy that she was, you know, in this, in this better place now. Oh, I love that you not only were direct in the messaging and, and explaining what happened, but you filtered it for, to be, you know, to share the information because they're little girls and you shared the news and made sure it was age appropriate information. And I'm sure that helped them navigate through this process. And not that it's not that you're, you're ever finished navigating through grief, but I really, I really like how you guys handled the, the situation. So let's flip to parenting who does bath time in the house and bedtime and mealtime? How do you guys handle the day-to-day tasks? So it's interesting for us because nine months of the year, Ryan is doing baseball-related activities. So I do, I do a majority of it just because of his schedule. Sure. But that being said, when it is the off-season, he makes an effort to really be there, sort of fill in all the gaps where he hasn't been able to do things. Um, the rest of the year, for instance, right now he's down in Florida for all of February and all of March. Mm-hmm. And then the season will start the very end of March. And once the season starts, even if he's at home, he's got a game almost every single day or night. Usually it's at night. Wow. So he's not there to do dinner or bath time or bedtime or anything like that. But like I said, when he does have a chance to, he, he is fully there for it. He's fully present. He wants to be you know, he wants the girls to bond with him and know him. So he, 
he does the story time and the bath time and the bedtime when he can. Excellent. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Zimmerman. We, we, we need you. We need you. But that is a grueling schedule for both of you. I mean, that, you know, like, let's not forget yeah. Heather, you know, you need, you it's, need support. That is a lot. It's pretty crazy. I mean, we say even our, um, you know, even our, our close friends in the area who, who get it, who understand sort of how crazy our schedule is, they don't, always fully oh, remember no that no there's way. literally a game every single day. I know when you said um, that, like, he doesn't like, get oh. weekends off or anything. <laughs> and not to mention, that's a lot on his body. Like that is extreme, you know, and they're not short, they're not short games. <laughs> no, no. And especially for a guy, I mean, he's going into his 15th season or 16th season now. Whoa. So, I mean, and, and he's been, you know, playing, he's at least been, hitting something with a bat since he was like three years old. So that's a long time. That's a long time. So when you guys won the World Series, and I say you guys because you are a huge piece of helping him be a successful first baseman. So during that game, what were you thinking in your head? And then how has your life changed since winning the World Series? Oh, my gosh. So that whole World Series, I was. I've never been, I tell everybody, I wasn't even on the field, but I've never been so stressed out or exhausted than I was <laughs> during those seven games. But I wanted it so badly for him just because he's been playing so long. He's been on the same team his entire career. And I mean, obviously I share his joy. You know, I knew how excited it would be for our, how exciting it would be for our entire family if he did win the World Series. So it was pretty crazy. And it was just like the, the biggest feeling of like elation and just like a weight off your shoulders when, Mm. um, when they won, it was, it was awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I don't know that our life has, has changed a whole lot. The fact that, that we live in the DC area year round, we sort of, we participate in a lot of charities in the, in the off season charity events and Ryan does a lot of appearances and whatnot on um, local podcasts, local TV shows. So I would say maybe those increased a little bit, but other than that, it's just the fact that he has, he finally has that, that World Series that nobody can ever take away. Well, so what you're saying is World Series winners are just like us. So there we go. There we have it, everybody. (laughs) That's right. right. All right. So speaking of charities, I want you to tell us about the Zims Foundation. So the Zims Foundation is a foundation that we run. It was started by Ryan and his parents and some volunteers back in 2006. And it raises money and awareness for multiple sclerosis research. Ryan's mom was diagnosed with MS back in, I believe, 1995. And he was 11 years old. Not a whole lot was known about it then. A little more is known about it now, but it still is sort of this. Any any neurological disease is a mystery to doctors. And so we're hoping we can do as much as we can to at least assist in the funding of research about it. In the past, we have actually held two major events during the year. We hold one up here in the D.C. area, and then in the off-season, we hold one down in Virginia Beach, which is where Ryan's from and where his family is located. And with those two events, and 
here and there, we'll do a couple of little intimate dinners or something like that. But since they started the foundation in 2006, we've been able to give back over just a little over $4 million to sclerosis. Yeah, research. Wow, and then we've also real. funded a few therapy programs. We funded some programs or it helps to fund some programs where we'll bring out a bunch of kids to a game, to a nationals game who all have parents who suffer from MS and sort of a day for them to be able to bond and um, talk with each other about what their parents are going through. But that being said, Ryan and I are actually taking the reins on the foundation this year, and we are going to start doing more frequent, smaller events in the D.C. area just because Eventually, we're going to have time, although we don't want to talk about it. No, you know, I'm sure. He will retire not. from baseball right. in the next couple of years. And once he does have the, have the free time, we want to really be able to bring the presence of the Zims Foundation to the D.C. area more and be able to just continue raising the funds for this disease. We'd love to have a hand in eventually finding a cure. Absolutely. And I love, love so much that you are using your platform now of being in the public eye to bring awareness to this because, like you said, no one can understand it. And you're thinking ahead to your retire, you know, quote unquote retirement. And what what is that next season and chapter for your lives? And that's really just amazing, amazing work that you guys are doing. And let's keep in mind, you're having a third child. So, you know, to be starting doing more smaller events, you know, make sure, make sure you, you keep yourself sane without like going too yeah. crazy. But I'm, I'm so proud yeah, of you. Absolutely. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's great to like always be like challenging ourselves and growing and doing things for others. And thank you for using your platform and one day there will be a cure. So thanks to you guys. All right. Yeah, so there will be. There will be. All right. People may not realize you have a background in journalism with experience as a TV producer. So do you see yourself jumping one day back in? You know, that was, that's what I studied. I studied broadcast journalism in college and that's really what I always wanted to do. So I was very lucky to get a job in that field shortly after I graduated and I loved working in it. It is fast paced and interesting and every day is different and unpredictable. It's, I actually got out of it around the time that I met Ryan because our schedules, well, at, we were, we were about to get engaged. I, I can't say around the time I met Ryan, but this was after we've been dating for a while. We're about to get engaged, but our schedules didn't mesh at all. You know, he goes to the field every day, early afternoon, and then he's got a game until midnight, and then he sleeps till like eleven the next day. Oh, um, this and is I was interesting. Working. Yeah. Okay. Well, it yeah. makes sense. Well, this is this is before kids. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I actually got out of the industry just because it was either, you know, see, see my fiance or, or break up um, right? or work full time, and uh, and <laughs> I started being able to travel with him more often and whatnot. But you know what, I. I could see myself maybe one day when the kids are older, you know, when they're, when they've got a lot of after school activities and whatnot and don't need me as much anymore, maybe jumping back into it in some aspect. I did really enjoy it. Not to mention, I mean, being a stay at home mom, I love and I would not trade for the world, but every once in a while you realize you're, you're lacking that, that mental stimulation that you get from going to a job every day and actually having adult, adult conversation. contact so, we'll exactly see. all right 
right. So speaking yeah. speaking of being around our your little tiny humans, how do you keep the me and mommy with everything you have going on, especially as you are going into your third trimester, you're growing a little human? Yeah. So I am lucky in that we do live in the area where I grew up. So I have help from, as far as, as watching the kids, I have help from my family. Um, we've got some great babysitters. We have a nanny that comes occasionally. And because of that, I do try to, I guess, schedule my own me time um, when I know that those people will be available to watch the kids for me or help do school pickup or whatever it is. Um, and that may be in the morning, dropping my kids off at school and knowing that I've got like a three hour window before my preschooler Isn't is Isn't it done heavenly? When I, <laughs> yeah, it, it's heavenly. And it's actually great because I know that I've got three hours in which I can get anything done. And so I've got to get up off the couch and go do something. So whether that's working out or going and grabbing coffee with a friend or you know, occasionally scheduling a spa day or something like that. You you kind of, I guess I would say that you have to schedule it and just make sure that you do it. Absolutely. Put right. it on the calendar and, and make don't, it happen and don't cancel on yourself. Don't let it go. Exactly. Yeah, right. That goes for, you know, grabbing dinner with girlfriends or something too. I think that's pretty important. Super important. I call it getting off of mommy island. That's everything, you know. <laughs> so speaking of spas, I I hear that you love going to spas. I do too. And this is totally, these are silly, silly, like spa speed round questions. But just tell me, which you prefer? Or would you do a manicure or pedicure? Which you prefer? Uh, manicure. All right. Facial or massage? Uh, massage. Blowout or massage? Blowout. Ah, me too. Me too. I blow out hair is everything, yeah. right? <laughs> it's it's it, it's so underrated. I it's mean, so... A, a good blowout can last you a few days, saves you a lot oh, of yeah. time. So for sure. All right, body scrub or facial? Facial. Mm. Manicure or massage? Ooh. Well, I I I guess I said both of them already. <laughs> I know. So I'll, not... I'll, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Both. I'll switch back to pedicure for the first question. Oh, no, if I can you get can't a pedicure and a manicure, that'd be great. <laughs> and then you'll be a whole new person. We won't even recognize you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with the girls, what is the biggest parenting issue you're facing with them? You know, so it's, it's so interesting, as I'm sure any parent knows, kids come from the same family and they can be so different personality wise. But my my six-year-old has actually been our bigger challenge just based on her, you know, she's, she's uh, emotional and she is sort of, we, we always say, we think she's going to be like type A when she gets older. And then our second one is super laid back. And the second one, she's three and she's just kind of happy and we call her the hurricane. Um, she <laughs> I falls have a hurricane down, too. Right back up again without, <laughs> yeah, without crying. Whereas our older one, when she was three years old, we were dealing with a lot more of, you know, just a, a lot of crying and just things like, you know, normal kid things. But anyway, right. that well, being but- said, our three-year-old is really like pretty easy to deal with right now. Our six-year-old, however, she's in kindergarten. She is, she's in this new school that goes up to sixth grade. She's riding a bus with older kids. She's meeting lots of new people outside of her little bubble that she's grown up in. So I think 
the the biggest challenge would be just sort of navigating that and guiding her through all of these new life changes because you want them to, you know, you don't want to shelter them too much, but you just want them to know how to react to certain to certain new circumstances where, I mean, she, she gets off the bus. And I, I guess saying that too, I want to always be sure that my kids feel comfortable talking to me about anything. But that being said, I want them to also know right from wrong. So for instance, my kindergartner gets off the bus and tells me that the fourth graders on the bus were saying all of the, the bad words that they knew today. And um, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> knew that was going to happen at some Eventually, point. Eventually, right? But not now at six. <laughs> and yeah, uh-huh. But I, you know, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm glad you told me. I don't want you to ever say those words. Don't teach your younger sister those words. And obviously tell me if anybody ever says one of those bad words to you, but it's just, it's little things like that. I guess we're not in the grand scheme of things. We're not dealing with anything too, too difficult yet. It's just a whole new world of, uh, of exposure. The new school brought a lot of exposure and, and new experiences mm-hmm. for her her little soul, who's already, you know, on yeah. um, high alert. <laughs> and then yeah. for her sister, you want to make sure that because the hurricane is so happy-go-lucky, you want to make sure that she's not feeling slighted because her older sister needs more attention. So it's always a balance. And then you'll have the baby who you're going to probably just love because he's not going to speak to you. And you'll be like, oh, I just love this. I love this time. It's just you and me staring at each other and just having so much fun because you're not you're not talking to me. (laughs) That That is so true. You're not demanding anything. Exactly. That was what I thought when I had um, our third son, Wells, who is the hurricane, who when I was pregnant, Brian, my husband was like, we should name our child hurricane. And I'm like, no, that is super weird. And then uh, like every day he's like, see, we should have named him that. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious. I love it. I think everybody's got one. Oh gosh. Well, thank you for joining Heather and me today. I hope we inspired you to put the me in mommy. You can find Heather on Twitter at Heather Zims and at the zimsfoundation.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at GetMom and check out my website, GetMom.com, to learn more about how to get it together, moms. For now, this is Erin, your biggest cheerleader. This podcast was recorded by Hanger Studios. <laughs>